Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Support for this episode has been brought to you by Johnsonville Sausage Strips. Strips of sausage that look and cook like bacon in amazing flavors like original, maple, or chorizo. Now you can turn your BLT into an SLT. Or you can transform your bacon cheeseburger into a chorizo cheeseburger. It's not bacon, it's sausage. And it's a meaty miracle. Find Johnsonville Sausage Strips in the grocery store by the bacon. Even though they're sausage. Learn more at SausageStrips.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode two of It's Not a Crisis. I'm your host, Doran Wallach, and this is a podcast for women in their 40s who are navigating the joys and the challenges of midlife and learning to make the most of it. First, I just want to say that I hope everyone is doing okay. Uh, this has been a crazy roller coaster ride, and I know it will continue to be. I've really just come up for air for the first time, and um, feels good to be doing something, but it's been difficult. Uh, I'm just very grateful to be healthy and that my family is healthy. And I also just want to thank anyone who's listening that's an essential worker. Thank you so much for doing what you're doing and allowing us to stay home. And we really appreciate it. And I haven't had an opportunity to, to do my thank yous. So hopefully there's somebody listening that knows how grateful we are. Uh, I also want to mention that you, the listener, has a very big part in this podcast. I do this because I want to give back to other women. So I want to make sure that this is the right place for you to be getting information. So if you have anything that you want to discuss, please DM me on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, feel free to comment in one of the posts, um, as well as email. It's not a crisis at gmail.com. And please subscribe anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Your subscribing helps the podcast to be known to other women. So it's really important you subscribe, you rate, you share anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Also, you can find us on Instagram. It's not a crisis podcast or Facebook. Same thing. And uh, we also have a private group. I would love you to join the group. We will use that place for discussions. If we really put in an effort to eat really healthy and nutritionally and balanced and to support our bodies throughout the day, there's always space for that indulgence. Amy Shapiro is the founder and director of Real Nutrition, a New York City-based private practice dedicated to healthfully and successfully guiding clients to their optimal nutrition, weight, and overall wellness. She is internationally recognized for her individualized lifestyle-focused approach, which integrates realistic food plans, smart eating habits, and active living. Through encouragement, education, and the right tricks of the trade, Amy believes that anyone can achieve their nutritional goals while still enjoying the foods and flavors that they crave. It's always really important to me to let you guys know where I find my guests because they have some sort of connection to me. I know who they are. And um, when I work with anybody, I'm, I'm extremely picky about who I work with and I do a lot of research. So I think it's um, only natural for me to bring you the best of the best. And hopefully I will continue to do that. Um, I found Amy through my gynecologist when I was experiencing a little bit of a hormonal crisis this fall. And um, I really wanted to get my nutrition on track. And 
in such a vulnerable, vulnerable time in my life, Amy was wonderful and um, accepting and kind and patient and not extremist. She didn't scare me about nutrition. And uh, I, I just thought that especially during this time right now, she was the perfect guest to speak to all of us. I think we're a few weeks into this and our nutrition has probably been all over the map. And at the same time, we're still the age that we are, so we still have to pay attention. So, Amy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, uh, this is so. So, just just to kind of before we get into what we're going to chat about, um, we were talking, and we felt that it was impossible to just talk about being in your 40s and dealing with nutrition alone because we are going through what we're going through. And, you know, there are a lot of new nutritional challenges that we're all facing with uh, the lack of food um, sort resources and having the kids around and trying to give everybody meals and this person's picky and this one, you know, doesn't like this and that one loves this. And then, and then just kind of taking care of yourself right now. Um, so I think we're going to talk a little bit about that, but also at the same time, we're still the age that we are. And, uh, you know, nutrition has become more of a challenge as we get older. Yeah, for sure. I do joke with some of my friends that if you have a birthday during quarantine, that it doesn't count. So maybe we're not really getting older. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I also think calories right? count, but well, you know, we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. So I want to I want to start with this. So so two two sides to this. First of all, um, I think a lot of us as we get older are finding it harder to lose weight, um, and yet we have these hormonal fluctuations that are making us crave stuff that's bad for us. So, so there's that component. Um, and, and the second part of it is I personally in this quarantine have gone through a range of issues with food. So it started, I have to be really upset to not eat because I love to eat. So for me, it started with not eating at all. I couldn't even look at food. And then right. I started to, the, I started to buy like eighties crap, <laughs> you know, like 80s, junk food, like <laughs> comfort foods from your childhood, you know, th- that, that I went into that stage. Then I, you know, okay. then I started to feel gross and wanted to eat better, but was a little overwhelmed with the day to day because I'm trying to, you know, pack in grocery deliveries, as well as ordering stuff on Amazon. And and then it just looks like a whole mess of things. And personally, I'm not, uh, I'm not that person that can creatively put things together. It's just not right. Not me. So I think that's, that's where I've been struggling is, is just trying to figure out the next meal. And then ultimately ends up, I just like, I just don't eat. So right. Um, would love yeah. to get your thoughts on that and what, you know, you've even seen with your own self and family. Yeah. So it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot and there's a lot of feelings and there's a lot of feedings and there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of emotions. Um, And so I don't think there's an easy solution for anyone. Um, I think now that like the quote unquote hoarding period, I think has passed, like where we all were just like stocking up on dry goods we've never cooked before, just in case we couldn't get to a supermarket. I think that period has kind of passed and, in most neighborhoods, you can probably get some food and Amazon has more food. Um, but, you know, it's challenging to 
stock up on all the things that we usually recommend stocking up on a lot of fresh foods, you know, fill half your plate with vegetables at every meal, um, you know, have lean, healthy, clean, organic grass fed proteins. You know, these things aren't always accessible um, now. And even, even myself, you know, I'm finding myself just saying, Oh, they just have, you know, don't even know what labeled chicken cutlet this is, but it's, it's here. So I'm going to get it. Um, so I think part of it is really prioritizing, you know, What's going to keep you sane? How can you feed yourself and your family, um, you know, in, in, in an easy, ideally healthy fashion, but also kind of stock your house with staples? So, um, you know, I think it's really just getting the basics. It doesn't have to be gourmet. Some people are gourmet. I had a great friend email me that she was making quail the other day or peasant or pheasant. And I was like, great, I'm grilling some chicken again. Um, but I think stocking your house with some things that can make a meal. So it would be some lean proteins that can include, you know, anything from your pantry, like lentils and garbanzo beans. Um, it can be chicken, it can be yogurt, and then having some vegetables, fresh or frozen, or having some fruit, and then having some sort of, you know, a whole wheat slice of toast if you can find it, or, you know, some grains. So I really think it's just kind of looking at the basics and making sure that you have something to put together. Does that, I don't even know if that answers your question because there's just so much going on around all of this. What are things that we should, just to step back a little bit, what are things that we should be yeah. incorporating in our lives? Pretend this is not happening right now. And then, and then I have a follow-up question for that. But, but okay. in our 40s, uh, you know, nutrition yeah. changes. Uh, I don't want to be deprived of things I love. And I used to like going to restaurants, but that's gone. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, you know, I still want to be able to indulge in things. And I, I think for me, and I think we talked about this when we met, I, there's this anxiety or this um, this all or nothing thing that when I when I start eating healthy, I feel guilty if I eat something else. But I, I want to know what we're supposed to be eating at this stage of our lives and how much we're supposed to be eating um, and realistically when we can indulge. So I think that it really depends. First, let's like talk to the indulgent part because I think that, you know, it depends on what, what, the, what do you as an individual feel or, or crave as an indulgence, right? So some people want to indulge in alcohol. Some people want to indulge in pasta. Some people want to indulge in chocolate. Um, so it really depends on that. And I think at a time like this or any time, no matter how old you are, I think there's space for indulging lightly, you know, um, not overeating, but really when you, you know, having what you love every day. Um, I think that it just comes with balancing out, you know, am I having everything that I love at the same time or am I choosing to have one thing that I really love today and tomorrow is another day? So I think that's kind of where um, indulgences can get people into trouble or can make them feel guilty is kind of when they're saying like, well, this is all or nothing and now I'm indulging in my, in my thing and I got to do it all right now. Or saying, you know, I'm going out to dinner back in the day. Um, and, you know, I want to indulge in a couple of glasses of wine because it makes me feel great. And I really love that. Then I'm going to edit a few other things out of my meal so I can really indulge in that thing. So I think it's important to kind of hone in on what you truly want to indulge in in that moment. Um, does that make sense? Yes, that, that does make sense. Okay. And I think that's kind of what I do. Um, you know, if I know, if I know I want to have 
yesterday, all I wanted was brownies. I actually, instead of making them, which I even have a box, I ordered brownies online <laughs> from this place go. that I really like their brownies. And I, so I ate really healthy all day knowing that I was going to have that brownie after dinner. Um, yeah. And also so. though, it should be, if you're indulging, it should be you are worth the best, right? So if you're going to indulge, it's great that you didn't make the box brownie because you wanted this great place's brownie. And that is truly an indulgence. You're indulging yourself and you're indulging your taste buds and you're having something that's worth it. So I think that's also a really important component because it's easy to eat the brownie that you make for your kid that's stale for two days in your kitchen because you're walking through or you're consciously saying like, Oof, I really want that brownie. I'm going to order it and I'm going to have it. But the box brownies are so good. <laughs> right. But my, true, true. but you know, it's like if they're around in the kitchen and they're not fresh and gooey anymore, you might still eat it because you're walking through and it's there. But exactly. when, whenever I talk to my clients about indulging, especially, you know, in your forties, it's a, you're worth the best. So wait for something that's really worth it. Don't eat off of your kid's plate. Don't have a bite of your kid's crappy chocolate bar. Really like elevate. What do I want? Cause that's what I deserve. So it's kind of, you know, when you indulge, you're making yourself feel good about it too. I think that's important. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, are, yeah. So, um, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and then also it's, you know, how do we eat, you know, overall, which is the first question that you kind of turn to. And it's if we manage, if we really put in an effort to eat really healthy and nutritionally and balanced and to support our bodies throughout the day, there's always space for that indulgence. So I know we can get more into that, but it's also saying, you know, taking the time to think about how you're going to set up your day um, as best as you can, especially right now to allow for that indulgence, which might just be what you need at the end of the day or in the middle of the day or at homework time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I felt, um, so uh, just getting back to age, I, I feel like the most important thing for me um, at, with every passing year is keeping my blood sugar level throughout the day. And, um, I used to not eat breakfast and, you know, fast until two o'clock. And for me, I know that works for a lot of people. For me, that just didn't work. I would be really right. irritable and, and even doing it for a long term. It just it just wasn't feasible for myself. But uh, I, I do feel like, though, that if I don't keep my blood sugar up, it it affects me like everybody, but it affects my mood right. and it makes things harder. So it, it, with that being said today, uh, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I'm busier now than I was before in some ways. Um, and then some days I find myself tapping my fingers on my desk. <laughs> like, what do I do? Um, and I'm sure there are a lot of things I could be doing. Uh, so, so what, how do you feel about that? And, and are you, do you, I think, I feel like you're not a big fan of snacking in between meals, if I remember correctly. Is that right? Well, ideally what I try to set up for my clients is, you know, you want to eat balanced meals so they can sustain your, you know, um, satiety for at least three to four hours between meals. And then I do usually recommend one snack a day, and that tends to be between lunch and dinner, um, because that's a longer stretch than between breakfast and lunch, usually for most people. Now, this is my recommendation, of course, when we're not stuck in our homes and have access to our pantries 24-7. But um, you might be eating dinner earlier now that you're home with your family and you don't have to get home from work. Um, so if you are eating balance and balancing your blood sugar levels, because that's what will control your hunger um, and your moods, then you should be able to go three to four hours between meals. So snacking 
is optional. If you're not hungry, then you don't have to have it. But I do recommend a snack in the later afternoon because one, it helps that like, you know, that three or four o'clock slump that most people hit because their blood sugar is low. That's why you reach for that coffee or that soda or that candy at that time. But also it helps you to show up to dinner, not ravenous. So you can mindfully go into dinner without overeating. So I do recommend that afternoon snack to help you meet your goals and to feel like to power through the rest of your day. What are super easy ideas for that snack? So that that snack to me um, is usually um, anything from whatever fruit you can get your hands on these days. So let's say an apple with, you know, 10 walnuts or it could be an apple with nut butter if you have that in your pantry because it is definitely shelf stable. Um, It could be a cup of berries and a scoop of yogurt. It could be some tur- rolled up turkey slices with carrots and celery. So what you can hear me saying in all of these um, recommendations is you're going to be pairing some sort of carbohydrate, which is anything plant-based, right, with a protein or a fat to slow the digestion and to help your blood sugar to remain stable. So if you just had the apple by itself, which is a very healthy snack, you'd be hungry again in 45 minutes because an apple has natural sugars in it and it's a carbohydrate. So you digest it very easily and quickly. So great if you're eating it right before you go out to dinner and you just want to curb your appetite. But if you need to sustain yourself for a couple hours, you're going to be starving in 45 minutes. Pair that apple with, you know, a protein or a fat such as the nut butter or some nuts or some yogurt, you'll go longer because you'll slow down the digestion and you'll be able to, you know, withstand a couple hours. So that's kind of your magic bullet for meals and snacks. It's just going to be the portion which really makes it different um, for, you know, what makes a meal and what makes a snack. But that's kind of the equation to help you sustain your energy. It's funny. I always tell my kids to have an apple when it's getting close to dinner because I want them to eat their dinner and I know it won't fill them up. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I don't right. want an apple. I want, you know, cheddar bunnies or whatever they want. Um, but yeah. Same difference. I mean, yeah. not nutritionally, but they'll still be hungry. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. I give my kids cucumbers. They love those mini Persian cucumbers. So oh, I give yeah. them those right before dinner because then it's like, I, A, I got the vegetables and B, they're still showing up hungry. So um, oh, yeah. if you're if you're quote unquote dieting, that's a great snack, but not by itself because you too will be very hungry. Right. By the way, the other advice that you gave me, which has been life changing for me, is full fat yogurt as opposed to yeah. the low fat. And I I was eating low or no fat for years, and then I started buying full fat, and it really makes a difference in how much it fills you up. And it also makes a difference in what it tastes like, right? It so, does. so you and I and anybody listening to this probably grew up in the age of fat free, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're, it's, it's an old, it's like an old habit, just like cardio, ex, excess cardio workouts. Um, and it's, you know, if you eat a fat free yogurt, you can eat so much more because you just don't get as full. But if you eat full fat, A, the mouthfeel is better, the texture is better, the taste is richer, and you just can't eat as much. Um, and it's satisfying, right? The fat is there along with the protein of the Greek yogurt in this case. Um, to really hold your appetite because your body has to process the proteins and the fat, and that takes a long time. 
additionally, both protein and fat don't have any carbohydrates in them, so they don't manipulate your blood sugar levels at all. So, you know, a half a cup of, you know, plain full-fat Greek yogurt with some berries in it can possibly hold you for a good two to three hours. I also put a little chia, a little flax, and some pecans. My husband doesn't. He puts yeah. like he puts sugary granola in his, and he's like, I'm not. I'm still hungry. I'm like, well, you just don't put that in there. Put nuts or something else. I, I feel yeah. like that. There's also oh. yeah, but there's also that sweet flavor of the granola, which sometimes your brain is like, ooh, I want more of that, right? So he's pairing it correctly because it's paired with the Greek yogurt, which has protein and fat in it. But it's that it's that flip the switch craving where your brain is like, mm, yeah, more and more and more. Whereas with chia, flax and pecans, delicious, but more decadent. So you're kind of like, I'm good. Right. But it's actually vanilla yogurt. So there's sugar in it already. <laughs> so it's probably but not the best for you, but it works. It's it's a good brand. Um, I like, you know, yeah. it, uh, it's Nunos. Is, have you ever had theirs? Yeah, Nunos is Nunos is good. It's and the portions are really small. They're they're very moderate. Yeah, um, I love they actually ship, so they deliver out here. So they'll directly. You have to buy twelve wow. of them, but they'll deliver right to your door. Ooh, see that? Look at all the things we're learning in quarantine. Oh, yeah, I'm learning so many things in quarantine. <laughs> I'm actually keeping a list. There are all oh, sorts see? of things. <laughs> um, so. Just getting back to um, this this kind of midlife stage of our lives, um, yeah. what let's talk about what is important, you know, ingredient wise or, or food wise to incorporate into every day. Yeah, so I, you know, this is nothing new, but what's really important to make sure you're incorporating into every day are plants, right? So fruits and vegetables are so important. One, they help us with um, blood sugar regulation, which is something we've been talking about through this whole podcast. Um, two is they have all, you know, vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants. And those are the things that fight disease. So it's kind of scary to think about it now, but like we're at that age where we want to prevent illness, right? Especially, you know, where we are in the current day, but we want to prevent illness. So all of those antioxidants fight free radicals, which are what cause, you know, anything from cancers to illnesses to inflammation, but also wrinkles, um, skin integrity. So these are all important, um, you know, in, not ingredients, but they're important compounds that we only find in um, plants, in these fruits and vegetables. And you can tell what they are through the colors, right? So we always say eat the rainbow. And that's because all different colored fruits and vegetables have different antioxidants, which are super powerful in protecting your skin from sun damage, helping to repair your skin, helping to improve your you know, infl inflammation, helping to improve your digestion, you know, um, helping your cells to regenerate. So there's so many things. So that's always my first go-to. I don't think anybody needs to be a raw foodist, but I do think that you really need to make an effort to fill half your plate, at least with fruits or vegetables at every meal um, and vary the colors, which is great now. Like I just went to the supermarket and they only had red peppers. So I bought them, but there were no green or yellow peppers in sight great, I'm covered in that color area, right? But then I bought pineapple because I already had the reds. So now I have the yellow. But, you know, it kind of forces you to try out different varieties of items. So that's mm. one reason why we want to eat, you know, plants. The other reason is, let's face it, right? We, we don't want to be bloated. We don't want to have a, a poofy belly. And high fiber plants help us to be regular. Um, so the more fiber we have in our diet, the more we eliminate and go to the bathroom. And that's great for, you know, vanity's sake. But also it's great for preventing um, illnesses that come up later in life, like high cholesterol or 
type 2 diabetes um, because what the fiber does for our bodies is, again, it's going to help regulate our blood sugar levels and it's going to capture those toxins and remove them from our body. So one, it helps us to go to the bathroom more regularly. Two, it helps to remove toxins. Three, it helps to lower cholesterol. Four, it helps us to stay full. And they're super low in calories, but really high in water, right? And really high in nutrients. So they're like a more bang for your buck food, right? So if you're going to fill up most of your plate with vegetables, you're going to feel satiated, but you're not going to like fill out. You're just going to fill up. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I have a heart. Yeah, it's so funny. It's, I, 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 vegetables are hard for me. I, can't, I don't know. I can eat tons of fruit, but when it comes to vegetables, it's difficult for me to eat them, <laughs> it's, which is so yeah. funny. I mean, I, I, there are just a few I love. And then, I, you know, I have allergies to uh, peppers, which is a weird allergy, but a real one. Um, yeah. So I sometimes find, I, I found vegetables very difficult in this uh, time right now. I, I feel like I have to get like yeah. a farm share or something like that at some point. Well, they are difficult. And also, you know, what, what makes vegetables great if you're somebody who doesn't really love them or you have some restrictions is, you know, preparation, right? How do you make vegetables taste great? And sometimes they can be a lot of work, um, especially if like you go to the supermarket and all they have are carrots and parsnips, like, yay, you know? So it's what are you dipping them in? What are you cooking them in? How can you jazz them up in a really easy fashion? Um, Or just focusing on what works for you. Because I also like to point out that fruit and vegetables have a lot of the same compounds, right? So if you love fruit, then you can make sure to eat some fruit. Um, And then just like, you know, have your staple vegetables that you can get by. If it's spinach, you know, eat spinach every day. If it's, you know, not peppers, but it's, you know. Broccoli. I eat a lot of broccoli. I get, get, sorry, I I eat a ton of broccoli, but then I get so sick of it. Of course. I mean, a ton of anything, right? You get really sick of it. So again, it's going to be, how are you preparing it? And that can be hard. And sometimes, I mean, we are also in our 40s, so we're grown ups, and it's kind of like, all right, listen, I got to eat vegetables at every meal. It's just something that's got to happen. So then I'll make sure the rest of my meal is something that I really love or something to that nature, you know? Um, And even what you're doing with breakfast by putting chia and flax and pecans, you're also getting a lot of important compounds. So, you know, chia and flax have omega-3 fatty acids, which are really important um, for our brain, our heart, and our skin. Um, And then it also has fiber in it. So there's that component of helping with, you know, bathroom regularity, toxin elimination, cholesterol balance, and all of that. So, Fruits and vegetables are ideal if we can get you to eat them or if you can even get your hands on them. Um, but if not, there are definitely other other um, nutrients too. But that's always going to be my first recommendation. And then just to kind of go along with that, and since we're talking about fruit, unfortunately, as we get older, we process sugars a little bit less efficiently. Um, and a lot of my clients who are in their 40s or older love fruit because they've given up a lot of their other indulgences. So fruit is their like go-to treat because they've given up candy and they've given up baked goods and they've given up chocolate. And then I have to point out, and this is where people are like, oh, I don't know if I like you so much. (laughs) Then I have to point out that, you know, sugar is sugar is sugar. And if we're overeating fruit all day, you know, if we're eating, you know, a banana and mango in our smoothie in the morning and then we're having an apple for snack and then we're going to snack on some frozen grapes at night and then we're going to eat a few figs, all of that is really healthy and plant-based you know, and providing us with lots of different nutrients. But at the same time, what are your goals, right? If your goal is weight loss, that's not going to work for you because it's just too many carbohydrates and too much sugar throughout your day. So, um, you know, you're going to want to make sure to reach for lower sugar fruits that you can eat more volume of, um, you know, throughout the day and, and meet your markers. So, you know, there is that piece. But once I do make that switch, and I'd say if weight loss is your goal, um, 
depending on how active you are, two to three servings of fruit a day max, and I cut people back on that, um, they'll start to see a huge shift. And I wouldn't say it's like when people are like, oh, I don't eat bananas or I don't eat beets. And I'm like, how many people do you know gained weight eating a banana? Right. Nobody. That's not the issue. But when I have clients who come in, because most of my clients are fairly educated about nutrition and they come in and they're saying, I'm, I'm doing it all right. I know what to eat. You know, I, I don't live in a food desert. I'm buying good foods, but I can't get my weight to budge. And oftentimes it's just, I call it, you're overfruiting. Are you overfruiting? Mm-hmm. And there's a few things that people overdo on that are quote unquote healthy, which they are. And they overfruit and they overnut. And those are two, you know, food groups that can keep you at maintenance or slowly over time, again, depending on your activity level, can start to cause weight increase if, you know, consumed in excess, just like anything else. Yeah. So I I find um, the, the other big topic question is uh, carbs. So So many women I know. Many friends that yeah. I know won't go near a carb. They won't eat bread. They won't eat anything. And I, I honestly don't know how anybody does that. And I, I, I and I love bread. Um, it's just it's something I've tried many times to do, and I just can't do it. It's just I, I just can't. And I feel like it's funny. The older I get, the more I'm like, fuck the it. Less. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. The just... less the less like willpower you have against the things that really move the needle for you. And I understand, by the way, I understand how carbs make you gain weight. I really do, because I I feel like if I have an indulgent week of carbs, it goes right onto my hips, and and I see a difference in my body um, at this age. So right. I, I think I think there I think it it would be helpful to share how to keep carbs in your life, even if they're somewhat processed, but whole wheat or whatever it is, but I think being able to, and I know everything is moderation, but I think some people mm-hmm. are a little bit confused about what moderation means. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the whole world is confused what moderation means. Um, and I think, um, you know, that's really a hard concept, which is why when people come in to me or people talk about nutrition in general, they kind of want like quantities, measurements, and, and like how much can I have of something, right? Even if they're a moderate eater, like what does that mean? Um, so let's just go back a little bit to talk about what, what, like what does the group carbs, what is it made of, right? So it's made up of dairy. It's made up of fruits and vegetables. It's made up of grains and cereals and breads. Um, and then it's made up of, you know, desserts and sugars, right? So nobody thinks about um, all of these individuals who are like, I don't touch any carbs. And this is where the weight gain from fruit comes in is those are all in the carb family. So we're going to process them and break them down you know, the same. So that's why when I start to eliminate some of the fruit or limit the fruit, it's because it's a carb and how many carbs can your body digest and break down without storing them as fat, right? So they all come together. So how do they all work out in your favor that, you know, to consume them all? So someone might ward off whole wheat bread and let's not get into the gluten conversation just in, in, you know, because it's a carb, but they might be eating, you know, two bananas in their smoothie guess what? You could have two pieces of toast, you know, with some avocado on it, and it's just going to be this, your body's going to break it down the same, right? So, so carbs across the board, you know, it's, it's how many of them are you eating in your day? And that's one of the big aha moments for people, no matter where it comes from. So if you're going to put um, like oat milk into your coffee because it's dairy free and it's all the rage right now, you have to consider that a cup of oat milk has 21 grams of carbs in it. Right. It might be dairy free. Yay. 
but it still has 21 grams of carbs. So if you're drinking a latte, guess what? You just had, you know, one and a quarter servings of carbs from oat milk. So it's one of those things where these carbs sneak in. Um, and so people who are omitting, some people might omit the obvious carbs to make room for these healthier carbs because they prefer them. Or on the flip side, you can make room for the bread in your day because you just say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to have an apple for a snack and I'm not going to have a latte. I'm going to have a cappuccino to, so I can have that, you know, piece of toast in the morning. So it's just kind of making swaps. Does that make sense? It's like a very long introduction to carbs. Yeah, no, 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 it does. Actually, I had two pieces of uh, sprouted bread with avocado this morning, and it was actually pretty satisfying. Um, Very. Yeah. Yeah. Why? And, and, and why is it that carbs are the enemy to our bodies as far as gaining weight or putting weight on in places that are, you know, typical for women, hips, thighs, stomach, butt? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, well you know, carbs, one, let's just talk about like, what they do for our body. So they pr- allow us, they provide energy, period, the end, right? We eat carbs, they break down into sugar in our body. We either use them for fuel or we start, store them for later use. That's kind of how carbs work. So there's just so much of them that we can store without starting to store them as fat. So if you have a day where you're just kind of like, or if you live a pretty sedentary life and in your 20s, you were able to eat whatever you wanted because who cared and you burned everything up. But then in your 30s, it's slow start to trickle, but I'm really not changing what I'm eating. And then in your 40s, you're like, wait a second, it's all coming out to my hips, but I'm not doing anything different. You know, we, we need to burn what we um, consume of carbs before we store them as fat. And we burn less efficiently as we get older unless we're maintaining muscle mass. So carbs, we need to burn them in order to not use them. So that's where our activity level comes in or our limits come in. So um, I think that's one piece. The other piece is that when we break down carbs, we break them down into small sugar molecules called glucose. And then we store those because this is a stored form of energy and this is getting a little scientific. We store it in our liver and our muscles for later use, but we store it with two molecules of water. So that's why when you go on like the Atkins diet and you cut out all carbs, you lose 10 pounds really fast because you burn them up your stored energy, but you also flush out all the water they're stored with. I don't think anyone's really explained it that that clearly. Um, You just kind of see... Yeah, I don't know if you've seen on Instagram recently, they, or it's like TikTok. I just started looking at TikTok yeah. as my daughter's on there. But there's this like, there's this one woman who has this virus. Uh, maybe her husband's doing it. She puts this green face on him and he looks scary. And th- to me, that's how carbs, I think, are to so many women. You know, it's the enemy. Um, and I think it's good to be able to understand why, but also to be able to understand that we still can. Um Right. So, so thank you. Yeah. Because I, I think, but I think um, many times when I talk to a nutritionist, it's like cut out all the carbs uh, so often. And you were the first one who right. didn't do that. Uh, and right. so I, I appreciate that. Well, it's, I mean, there is a time and a place for cutting out all the carbs. And I always say, like, are you going to walk down a red carpet? Are you getting married in two weeks? Are you right. trying to fit into a dress like last minute? I get it, right? And it works, but it's a short-term solution. And you're also going to be hangry. You're going to be grumpy. You know, all of those things, they come into play. But, um, you know, if you have an overindulgent week of carbs, sure, you're going to feel puffy because you're storing them with water. But if you stop the next week, you'll feel back to your normal self. So it's also taking a minute to think about your day 
right? If you're a snack in the afternoon is usually popcorn and for lunch, you guys are having sandwiches and for dinner, you guys are having rice and grains, um, rice and beans, you know, that's a, a, a clean, but carb heavy, heavy day. And if we're stuck in quarantine and we're not really moving as much as we might, especially as, as New York city people, um, you know, that slowly creeps up because we're not burning what we're consuming. It's not bad. We just need to make space for it, which brings the moderation piece. Would it be helpful? Do you think it would help all of us at uh, right now to kind of plan out in our heads? Even I, honestly, I can't do anything in the future right now, but I could pause. I, I, I think at night I could plan the next day. And that's about as far as I've been able to go. Um, it's just been difficult. So yeah. do you think it, it would be helpful to kind of think about, okay, what am I going to do for breakfast and lunch? And then what are we going to do for dinner? And yeah. Yeah. And I, I usually say like breakfast is like the easiest meal to edit yeah. probably on your own because most, I mean, even if you are sitting down as a family to eat breakfast, like, you know, it, it's kind of the easiest meal to piece together is like you have yogurt, you have cereal, you have this, I'm going to make eggs or whatever, right? We all have a little bit more um, flexibility, maybe not, but in general, I find that. Um, but I do think planning ahead for what are we going to have for lunch and dinner tomorrow will help like will help the individual kind of focusing on their, their nutrition to say like, okay, cool. If we're going to have sandwiches tomorrow for, for lunch, I'm just going to have mine open faced. So I'm not, I'm only going to have one piece of bread because I know we only have pasta left in the, in the pantry before I go food shopping. Do you know what I mean? So I would focus on what's happening for the family meal. Or if you, you know, if you are cooking as a family or if you're cooking, you know, individually or just for you and your partner, you know, what are we eating together that I really can't edit that much? And what can I be have complete control over? So if that makes sense. So I think it's kind of thinking ahead to the next day's first meal, which with our food shopping capabilities right now and our emptying fridges and our visits to the supermarket, I think that that makes sense as well. Mm-hmm. And then something I also say to everyone across the board is you really just have to nail breakfast, right? Breakfast is either, either you don't eat it or you do, but it's the most in your control. So if you nail breakfast, you have more wiggle room for, you know, lunch and dinner. This plays true right now in quarantine. This plays true when you're on vacation, right? If you nail breakfast, you know, you might not know what's coming up for lunch and dinner, but you have a little bit more wiggle room. So I always say breakfast is a no excuse meal. Yeah. And I, you know, Listen, I just want to say to everyone listening, this is an extraordinarily overwhelming time. I know that there's a, a, a kind of a moment that we've all hit where we're some ways getting used to this, but it's very overwhelming. So I think everybody, I think one of the, the gifts that I've been given in this is that I'm not being so hard on myself as I used to be because you just can't because everybody's going through this at the same time and everybody's experiencing it. And and there's no, you don't need to be doing X, Y, and Z right now. If you just want to sit with yourself, that's okay. And I think when it comes to food, it's for me, and I'm sure other women, it's very overwhelming. Um, I'm, I'm a person who's used to ordering takeout or eating out my, I order lunch to my desk at work a lot. Um, I eat breakfast at home and and I cook a few nights a week, but um, it's this new normal is even hard with nutrition. And I think being able to give permission to, you know, not, not be so organized. And at the same time, one day, you know, I think we should all start with one day of planning in our head. And I think that that's a good starting point. Or one meal, right? One really meal. One meal at a time. Yeah. Um, or just thinking thinking ahead. But it's also, you know, some people in, in this time 
are looking for something to control, right? Because everything feels so out of control. Yeah. So maybe this is a good time for you to kind of focus on planning your day because that might give you some peace and, and, and calmness about like, how am I going to meet my needs and my goals while I'm preparing all this other stuff for everybody else? Um, and then two could be, is the flip side. There are some people who are just like, I don't have the brain space for this right now. Um, but I say to those individuals, just make sure that you're eating food that makes you feel good because who cares if you put on five, 10 pounds during quarantine, maybe that's going to happen. It's not permanent. You can definitely get it off later, but you don't want to be eating, you know, the Oreos and the ice cream because they're comfort foods because they're not going to do anything for your health right now. If that's where you're just like, screw it. We're all eating mac and cheese. We're all ordering in pizza. We're all doing this because now we need to think about other things. So even if you just say, Hey, I'm going to eat vegetables, not for weight loss or not for, you know, vanity, I'm going to eat it because it's going to help me feel better once this ends, right? So sometimes we have to take the focus off of um, vanity and weight loss and look at our hormones, how we're going to behave to our family, how we're going to feel, you know, when we go to our next doctor's appointment and get some blood work done, um, how we're going to boost our immunity. That's exactly what I was going to say. I actually have probably been eating a little bit better because I want to keep my immunity up because I, because I want to be healthy. It's also, you know, there's, I always say sometimes it's great to be vain. Um, but you know, vanity only gets you so far. And let's say it's like those 10 pounds that I want to lose. A lot of times I hear like, Oh, I really, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, but I went out to dinner with my friends or we, I had a zoom call with my friends. We had three cocktails. We did all these things. So sometimes it's really important to find something more, you know, that holds a little bit more quote unquote weight than just vanity. And right now I think the health, the wellness, the longevity, how do we stand up and support our entire family? I know that I'm working harder than I've ever worked before because I'm carrying everybody's emotions. I'm cooking three meals a day. I'm cleaning. I'm, you know, talking to my husband at the end of the day, I'm working, I'm doing all these things. So, how can I do that if I'm running on fumes, right? right? So maybe we just think about that too. And sometimes then we have a double goal, which kind of at the end of the day, we're like, oh, hey, look at that. Look mm -hmm. at me now, you know? Yep. You know, I have a couple of followers that um, had asked a question about collagen. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I thought it would be a good thing to bring up because obviously that's just going on a different topic. But um, right. how much collagen should we be consuming? Or I don't know if I don't even know. I know I know there's collagen that you can put in a smoothie, but I don't know if you're supposed to swallow, take a, a, a vitamin for collagen or um, how important yeah. it actually is. Right. So, well, you know, collagen is our bodies are made up of it. So it's in our skins. It's in our in our joints. It's in our, um, you know. It's in our muscle fibers and tissues. So it's important because as we age, our collagen um, tends to break down. Um, so it is important to, you know, consume it. However, the research on consuming collagen to boost collagen is really still, you know, like much more is needed. So when I look at collagen, I look at it for a few reasons. One, I look at it for um, if you want to see results in like your hair, your skin, and your nails – you can't just be a one-off, I'm just going to put collagen in my coffee today, right? It's got to be a real consistent thing that you do every day to see, you know, if you do have growth um, there. So it's something that I would recommend if you're going to start doing collagen for results like that, then you want to be very consistent with it. Um, so I would say a serving a day, which if you're doing a powder form into your smoothies or into your coffee, 
I would say whatever the serving is of the product you're using. I really like further food collagen. Um, they have, um, it's, it's very clean, grass fed. Um, it dissolves very easily into everything and they have plain and then they have like chocolate and vanilla flavors with very clean ingredients that I think are very easy to incorporate. So like one package or one serving size on the pot, on the container. Um, then collagen can also be found in supplements, um, but you tend to have to take way more of them. So like six collagen pills, um, you know, a day to get your, your fill. Um, and then you can also get it through bone broth, right? So bone broth has had a big uptick recently because when we cook bones for that long, we kind of, um, we pull the collagen out of the bones. And then when we consume the broth, we, we eat that. So a serving of bone broth, you know, every day would be adequate. Um, Collagen has been shown to help heal the gut lining. So people who have a lot of IBS or have, you know, maybe gluten intolerance or sensitivities um, or um, have leaky gut syndrome or they just feel like their guts are off. You know, it's very soothing and healing for the gut. So that plays a really important role, too. Um, So I would say one serving a day is great. I use collagen as like an example. Today, I um, had a really busy morning and I threw collagen into my coffee because I knew I didn't have time to eat breakfast, but each serving of collagen provides about seven grams of protein. So that's about the equivalent of what's in an egg. So therefore it will help to maintain my hunger, right? Prevent me from getting really hungry um, without me having time to make a quick meal, which is great for like hormone regulation or somebody who wants to push off. I'm not pushing off breakfast today. I just didn't have time. But like, if you want to push off eating a meal, um, you know, you can also use collagen just as a source of protein, too, for, you know, your appetite. Does that- oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So like today, so people will put it into their smoothies instead of a protein powder, um, you know, as the protein equivalent. Um, the important thing to note is that collagen is not vegan, right? It comes from animals and there is no vegan variety. So if you are plant based or vegan, um, you know, uh, uh, somebody who follows a vegan diet, there are no collagen substitutes currently. So just as an FYI. Okay, good to know. Okay. And so I'm going to, I have two last questions to ask you. Um, One is what would be age and quarantine friendly? If you can give, um, I don't, let's say three easy lunches for, for Mm. uh, in quarantine. (laughs) <laughs> based on yeah. avail- yes <laughs> what we have available I, okay. look everyone's so, working and and you know lunch tends to be something you can do pretty quickly and i not think too much about but um i'm actually i'm asking that question because i'm running out of ideas yeah lunch is tough um especially making family lunch um uh so i would say a couple things that are super easy one of my quick hacks for any meal are eggs Right. So eggs you can keep in your fridge for, you know, months at a time. Um, they're a really great um, um, complete protein, which means they have all the essential amino acids that we need. They have choline for our brain. Brain. They have some vitamin D, which is great for immunity. So eggs are great because they're an easy protein. So if you eat eggs, you can quickly fry some eggs and throw it on toast put it over salad, put it over some roasted vegetables, reheat leftover vegetables and rice from the night before, make a quick bowl. Um, or even if you're in a total pinch, scramble up two or three eggs and call it a meal. They're going to help to, you know, fill you up. Um, you can add some cheese into them. You can add some frozen veggies. They're just like an easy hackable ingredient. 
So I think having eggs in your pan- in your pantry, in your fridge is, you know, helps you to band-aid pretty much any meal if you don't have ideas. Um, and then therefore, like I would have scrambled eggs with probably some veggies, but I could quickly make my kids French toast. And therefore they're having a very balanced carb, balanced with protein meal. That just seems like a treat. So that's one thing. Always have eggs on hand if you eat eggs. Um, another thing I would say would be if you have vegetables, um, you know, that's great. So you can have fresh vegetables. So you can make your own sweet green salad. Like look up the recipes, right? Look up what goes into them. Make sure you have those ingredients on hand. I have a lot of clients who miss their sweet greens so much. Um, so you can do that. And then whatever you have, whatever vegetables you have, the one thing you need to totally move the needle on your salad is a good salad dressing, right? Like you could simply have romaine, carrots, and cucumber. But if you put on like a really yummy ginger dressing, your, yes. your salad is amazing. So true. Right? So like make a good salad dressing or buy a good salad dressing and like be okay with those calories, right? Be okay with that fat because it's going to elevate your salad um, given whatever you have. So I think that that's another good one. So have one good like, like sauce or dressing to elevate whatever quickie you're going to throw together. So that's another good one. I mean, then I think like there's nothing wrong with making a smoothie for lunch because your freezer in my mind is your new pantry, right? We need to buy extra everything and keep it in our freezer. So if you buy frozen berries and you freeze some overripe bananas and you have some frozen spinach or cauliflower um, and you have those chia seeds in your pantry, you can make a very balanced smoothie um, for lunch that you don't really need to require much time for. Um, You can throw that collagen powder in there. It's a great vehicle for very nutritious foods that you don't know how else to incorporate, right? Like what else do I do with flax seeds? How do I get my collagen and how do I get my fruits and vegetables? And in one, in one bite that also has, you know, sweet flavor. So making a smoothie, I think is um, another really great hack. And I often will make a smoothie for my family <laughs> paired with the French toast or the eggs. Like it's just breakfast for lunch. So I think those are some three quick hackable ideas um, that are balanced, um, high in all of the um, phytonutrients and antioxidants that we talked about, full of fiber and, you know, good for everybody in the family. Yeah, Amy, you would be mortified at what I'm giving my kids right now because I, 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 they have their own, they have to make their own lunches and it's like pizza bagels, hot pockets, um, you know, uh, oh God. What hot pockets, which I, I haven't seen since I was good. Lunchables, it's it's bad, but you know what? It, it's easy for you know what? It's quarantine, right? right. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, care. I would. Don't worry. I have bought the uncrustables. I have oh, yeah. done it. The Smokers oh, yeah. uncrustables are in my them. freezer. I've been looking for yeah. them. And the kids have that with a yogurt, and they call it breakfast. Uh, they call it lunch sometimes, and that that too is okay. This is a moment in time, and we also have to remember that, right? This is hopefully this is temporary, and so. If their lunch sucks, then their dinner is going to be amazing. Just like us. If we have one bad meal, we're going to have a better meal next time. And that's just like, you know, thinking forward a little bit. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. My last question I ask every guest. Yeah. Um, what, this is unrelated to nutrition. This is just a general question. Yeah. What would you tell your 30-something self? Oh, that's a great question. Um I think I would tell my 30-something self that, you know, it, it gets it gets a little crazier and, you know, crazy is, is good. Um, but, in, you know, I, truthfully, I would tell my 30-something self to enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the freedom that I had then um, and not be so serious. Um, 
I went back to school in my 30s to become an RD and I had all my kids in my 30s. And I remember being so strict about the food that my first, my oldest son ate, right? I made everything, everything was organic. There were no M&Ms or no, none of these things. And now looking back, it's like the first play date they go on that you're not there for, like all hell breaks loose and like they're eating cinnamon toast crunch dipped so in true. peanut butter with caramel sauce. So it's kind of like, you know, don't be, don't be so serious. This is all going to flush out in the end. And, and, you know, um, <laughs> it gets harder, but it gets better. So just like enjoy the moment. I think that's what I kind of would say, even though that was think very that, long-winded. No, I think that's that's great advice. Um, okay, and then also tell um, tell everyone where they can find you, both on social media um, or personally, if they wanted to. I assume you're doing um, Zoom consulting right now. Uh, if you just want to let everybody know, yeah, yeah. So I use a. Uh, I use um, Healthy, which is a HIPAA compliant um, RD platform for consulting. Um, so I am at uh, realnutritionnyc.com is my website. And then on Instagram, where I'm the most vocal is just at realnutrition. So you, I can be found in those places. Um, yeah. Great. Thank you so much for doing my second oh my podcast. God. <laughs> yay, yay. Nice. You're it welcome. Something. It felt good to do something. I feel like I haven't done much. So this was this was I'm glad we could get this done and um get this out. And I'm sure you're you're going to help a lot of people. I will um I will post uh all of Amy's information on social media. And um Amy, if you would be okay with it, if anybody has any follow-up questions, I could forward them along yeah. to you and we could um absolutely them up. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, great. Thank you again. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Be well. You too. Talk soon. Thank you so much for listening today. It really means a lot. I know that most women have incredibly busy schedules and it's not easy to take a little time for yourself and listen to something that's going to help you. But I promise you that you will gain a lot of knowledge and information from this podcast as time goes on. And uh, I've created a Facebook page as well as a Facebook group. Uh, It's not a crisis podcast. I also have an Instagram handle. It's not a crisis podcast. Uh, I don't think I realized what I was creating creating when I came up with the idea for this podcast. But as I've grown my following on social media, I realized that there really needs to be a place of community for women uh, in their 40s or even 50s um, that are experiencing much of the same things, but maybe a little bit afraid to express how they're feeling. So please feel free to keep DMing me and let me know anything that you want to hear on the show, but also you know, reach out. I'm here. I can't always promise I'll get back to you right away. I do have uh, another job and children and all the things that we all have. But um, I, I appreciate that women feel comfortable enough to reach out to me. Um, and if you also want to email me, my email is it's not a crisis at gmail.com. Until next time, I am Dorn Wallach, and this has been It's Not a Crisis.
I like a bed that's really firm. I need something a little softer than that. Rest easy. With the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed, you can both adjust your comfort with your Sleep Number setting. Can it really help me fall asleep faster? Yes, by gently warming your feet. Okay, but can it help keep us asleep? It senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you effortlessly comfortable. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. Don't miss our weekend special. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing on all smart beds. End Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details.